Isaiah chapter 54, we've, we've been doing a series uh, called Deeper, where we're looking at a verse and then just diving into it and really pe- peeling back all the layers of what this verse means. And we're doing that this morning. And it, uh, the verse that we're looking at is Isaiah 54, and it's uh, verse 13, which says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Anyone ever heard that one? A little bit? Okay. So we're going to do things a little different today. I just want to march through this entire chapter because it's just way too good. It is so good. And I believe there's a lot of prophetic things that need to be said this morning over the people that are in this room, those that are watching online, and over this church as a whole. And so as we walk through it, there might be different little points that I want to point out to to people. And I believe God is going to do some awesome things, continue, I should say, to do some awesome things. So let's pray. Can we do that? Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have it. We are so blessed to have your words printed out on paper, bound together. We can go to any bookstore, we can go online, and we can buy our own and have it in our house and carry it wherever we go. How blessed are we to live in this country where we can do that? We can set up in a coffee shop. We can go right outside on our front porch, wherever, and not be afraid of what might happen if someone sees us reading your word. God, I pray that we would stand on it, that it would be a possession of ours that we hold so tight and so dear to our heart. God, let us fall in love with your word more and more every single day. Through your Holy Spirit, God, I pray right now that you would give us all wisdom and revelation of what you want to say this morning. Open up our hearts, God. And I know, Lord Jesus, that you have specific things for specific people in here that you want to address this morning. Be with us, God. Shut my mouth to anything that is not of you. You speak this morning, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Isaiah 54, starting in verse 1, says this, Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you, have not, you who have not labored with child. So what's happening here? The prophet Isaiah is addressing all of Israel who are in exile in Babylon. And, and, and they have been put there by their own doing. All right? They have not lived the best life. And so God has sent them there to remind them who is God. But what he's saying in all of Isaiah 54 is it's over and I'm about to do something and here's how we are going to operate in that. This whole, this whole chapter is about restoration and also especially what we're gonna focus on today, shame, okay? And as we read this very first verse, it, it doesn't make sense what God is telling Israel. He refers to them as barren. If you, th- if you look, go back two weeks ago on Sunday, Ben Harrell, our, who led worship this morning, gave an amazing word on Hannah being barren and what that means. And and, and really in the Bible, and even today, you know, that barrenness brought shame with it because back then, if you were barren, the thought was you did something wrong to deserve this. You were being punished by God. And so we see people like Hannah and Sarah and all these other women who were barren in the Bible, and they're so desperate to have a child because of the shame that they carry with it. And what God is saying in this first verse is he's comparing them, the all of Israel, to a barren woman who's had this shame living in exile. And what does he say? He says, sing. Sing, O barren. He says, break forth into singing and cry aloud. These, these aren't instructions for someone that would be barren, right? This doesn't sound like something natural that would happen. We live in our shame and we, we live in our sorrow and we can't have children, we, whatever it might be. We don't sing. 
We don't cry aloud. God's saying, do it because it's over. And you who were barren are not barren anymore because God says so. Goes on to say, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. Think about that for a second. More are the, this is what he's saying. More are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman. What, what does desolate mean? It means in a state of bleak and dismal emptiness. Dismal emptiness. Desolate. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are some of us in here if we were so bold to raise our hand, I'm not going to ask you to. I would feel very much like you've been desolate lately. That you've been living this life that is full of dismal emptiness. And what I want to say to you this morning is God is with you and he sees you and you are not absent from his eye or his mind. And he loves you so much. And you don't need whoever it is to be walking in shame anymore. Some of y'all need to hear that. I don't know who it is, but I know it's more than one. The shame that you've been walking in, that dismal feeling of life needs to end because that is not the Lord. He says instead to sing and to rejoice because you who feel barren will be barren no more in Jesus' name. And I love this next part. And as we read this, I want us to remember something. God is incredibly confident in himself. And it's not arrogance. It's not cockiness. But he knows who he is. He doesn't look in the mirror and say, I, I hope I can do that. Like we do, right? I, I hope I, I can live up to this. I hope I can whatever. God doesn't do that. When he says something, it's, it's over. It's done. There is no debate. There is no wonder. It's okay. I've decided this. And so it will happen. Man, if we could just see the Lord in that same way that he sees himself. If we could just operate in our life in that same confidence, not in us, but in who he is, what would our life look like? And so he says this after saying, rejoice, O barren. He says, you're gonna have more children, the desolate, than the children of the married woman. He says this, and I love, I love, I love this. And this is what I believe is for Beach's Chapel this morning. Enlarge the place of your tent. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left. And your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Beaches Chapel, are you ready to expand our tents? Are you ready to grow? Are you ready? And, and here's the thing to those individuals that have been walking, feeling barren, feeling desolate, feeling all those things. Don't turn your nursery into a study just yet. Don't give up on the things that God has called you to and the things that you are hoping for just yet. Cling to the promises that God has for you in your life. Pick up your head. Walk with confidence. God is a big God. Don't walk around ashamed anymore. I hope y'all are listening this morning because I know there's some in here. I know it. This is not just the fact that I had two cups of Grounds of Grace delicious coffee this morning. I'm a little wired. I'm a little geeked. I felt it way before then. I've been telling Ben all week, like, I hope, I hope you're ready. Like, are you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? He's like, would you shut up? I get it. Okay, stop telling me over and over. I, I understand. I, I hear you. There are things that God wants to do this morning. 
There are things that he wants to do. And it's not just getting us through. I want to read that again. And y'all listen, listen to what he says. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes for you. Are you listening, you? You shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Let's go, y'all. Let's go. Verse four, do not fear. Here it starts, for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. For your maker is your husband. Let's say that again. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. All right, I wanna speak specifically to some people in here. I wanna speak to some women in here and some that are watching online. I believe that there are some women in here that feel shame from past relationships, from broken marriages, from hurts and scars, and you're still walking around with them and you're walking around with them ashamed as if you did something wrong. In the hurt that was put on you, you are now holding on yourself. And listen to what God is saying here, saying, listen, ladies, any, any, all of you that have those broken relationships, you know what God's saying to y'all this morning? Man, I'm your husband. I'm your husband. I'm stepping into that place. And you don't need to walk in shame anymore. You can let those things go. It's not you. Be delivered this morning. Be delivered. And not only am I your husband, but check this out. I'm the Lord of hosts. I am the God of angel armies. That's what that means. He said, I'm gonna come in and I'm not just gonna be your husband. I'm gonna protect you and I'm gonna cover you. And you don't have to walk in shame anymore. You are my daughter. You are my daughter and I love you. I love you. And I will step in and guard you and protect you and cover you. And you do not need to be ashamed. My children are not ashamed. I know who I am. And my kids are not ashamed. I hope y'all are listening. Maybe it's for some of us men in here too. You're walking around in shame from past relationships. Things that you're still holding on to. Brokenness that you've kept. Hidden away in your heart. And you won't let it go. And it's causing you shame in your life. It's causing you to not fully raise your hands in church. It's, not, it's causing you to not get in the word and believe what God is saying for all of us in here to be possibly true for you because of old relationships. You know what God's saying to you men? He's saying, you're mine too. I'm the God of angel armies and I'm covering you as well. And you don't need to be ashamed anymore as well. Those things are gone. Those things are gone. They are gone. Do y'all hear me? Can I get an amen from somebody, please? He says it in here. I'm gonna go back verse four. Listen, do not fear, y'all. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced. You will not be put to shame for you will forget the shame of your youth. Y'all hear that? God is going to do something so radical in your life and all of our lives that the past will actually finally be the past to the point where it's like, I don't even know that person anymore. 
I don't know that person. I'm not going to dwell on it. All I'm thinking about is being in the presence of God and who I am today. And that is a new creation in Christ. The old really is gone. So let it go. Let it go. Verse six, for the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you refuse, says our God. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment. With, with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you. See, Israel felt as though God had turned his back on them. And he, what he's saying is, no, I never did that. I will have mercy on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Verse 9, for this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so I have sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. Check this out, verse 10. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. So what God is saying in this moment, he's saying, look, it's more likely that the mountains depart and the hills be removed. In other words, that they're gone. They're white from the face of the earth. Then my kindness be removed from you then my mercies be removed from you, then my love be removed from you. So when you look to the mountains, when you see the hills and they're still there, you need to know that my kindness and my love for you remains. And until the day that those mountains are removed, you can know for a fact that I love you and I am for you. So look, use your own eyes, see if they're still there. And even if they happen and some crazy thing happens and the mountains are gone, one day the Rockies are gone out in Colorado and it's just flat, guess what? He says, my kindness is still here for you. It does not leave. It does not leave. We are his children, y'all. We are his. We are intertwined with God. Do you understand that? The depth of that? Don't walk around in shame anymore. His kindness will never leave you. It will never depart from you. Verse 11, oh, you afflicted one, tossed with the tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colorful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal and all your walls of precious stones. You see, what shame has tried to tear down in your life God says, I'm going to rebuild. And here's the thing about God when he does a rebuilding. This is not a DIY, DIY? Yes, DIY matter where it's duct tape and glue and let's just piece it together. How I would build something, frankly. God says, not only am I going to restore you, but I'm going to make you better than you ever were before. I'm going to lay your foundations with rubies, sapphire. You're going to be beautiful. You are going to be more beautiful than you ever were before. So what shame has tried to destroy in your life, y'all, listen, God is going to do a rebuilding and it is going to be beautiful. And you, yes, you, all of us in here, I'm talking to you, not the person next to you or in front of you or behind you. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday, how you felt about church this morning, how you felt about yourself or maybe even Jesus this morning. He will rebuild you and it will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. And what shame tries to tear down in our lives. Thank God he is bigger than that. 
Verse, uh, verse oh, let's keep going. We just read that one. Verse 13. All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. Isn't that interesting? Who needs to hear that this morning? Any parents in the house? Your children shall be taught by the Lord. We sang about it this morning. Homecoming. Bringing those prodigals back. We're not giving up on that, y'all. When I took over starting here, that was one of the main things that God put on our heart. There's going to be a homecoming here at Beaches Chapel. That the prodigals, your children you've been praying for, for, it seems like forever, they will come home. Because the word of God does not return void. He's got things for our children. And maybe that's what's been keeping you up at night. That's what you've been worried about. You've seen them being torn down by shame. You've seen them being being lost. And and God, listen, God sees them. He sees them. And your children will be raised by our God. And the peace of, of God will not depart from them as well. Verse 14, in righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Remember, this is our husband saying this. This isn't just some guy. God is saying, terror will not come near us. Verse 15, indeed, they shall surely assemble. So fear and terror, they're going to try and gather, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Shall fall for your sake. That means all those attacks, all those attacks, as we dig our heels into the Lord and we, and we understand that he is for us and that he is the, the God of heaven's armies, and he's the Lord of hosts, and he is the church's husband, and he is protecting us, they will fall. And I love what he says, for your sake, not even for my sake, for yours. All those attacks, all of those attacks will fall. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I have created the spoiler to destroy. In other words, what God is saying here is like, look, all those weapons, all those people that created these weapons, guess who created those people? Me. All right? So yeah, the blacksmith might be wielding some sort of sword. Who cares? I created the blacksmith. That's what God is saying here, y'all. You think he's sure of himself? He is. Maybe we should start being as well. And here it, here it goes. This is what it all boils down to. Having said all those things, Verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. None. The shame, the regret, all those things that the enemy's been trying to throw at you, the fear over your children. God's saying it's all going to fail. Why? Because I'm your husband. Because I am the Lord of hosts, the God of angels, armies, and all those people that are forming those weapons against you, I created them. I created them. So know, church, that God has us. And whatever life has tried to tear down in you, God is going to build back up. And he's not just gonna do it with duct tape. He will do it with rubies and sapphire and gold. And we will be a beautiful house, a beautiful temple. And I just wanna get back into worship this morning. So we're gonna have the band come back up. And I want to read this this morning. Does everyone have their communion cups ready?
I'll get some in the back and go real quickly. But we're going to continue on with our celebration this morning because that's what I'm believing for. You know, we take communion here often, and normally when we do, it's, it's I don't want to say somber is the wrong word, but it's reflective and we have the music going in the back, which we will again. We pray it and it's good and it's powerful and we're not, I'm certainly not knocking it, but we're going to do it a little bit different today. I want to read this first. It's Luke chapter 22, starting in verse 14. It says, when the hour came, he reclined at the table, meaning Jesus, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So we're going to remember why, why we get to read chapters like Isaiah 54 and know that it's true. Because what Isaiah was prophesying was not just the, the Israelites getting out of Babylon. He was prophesying Jesus, Jesus coming and being that cornerstone in our life that we could always look to. We could always look to the cross and know that God is for us. He proved his love for us over, and he does it over and over again every single day so that we don't have to walk in shame, so that we don't have to walk in guilt, so that we don't have to attach ourselves to old relationships and think that's who we are and that defines us. But instead, we can look to the cross and say that is how we are defined. We're defined by the God of heaven and earth sending his son down to die for us so that we could live with him, so that we could dine with him, so that we could go to heaven and be with him forever. And a God who does that does not want for us for a moment to walk in shame, but wants us to know how loved we really are. It's all about the cross. It's all about Jesus. I'd be remiss this morning if we didn't allow an opportunity for you to begin that relationship with Jesus. Where he says, it's not about you. It's not about all the things that you've done to try and earn your salvation. You might have looked at and seen baptism this morning and say, man, what, what must have they done to get to that point? The answer, nothing. They received what Jesus did for them. And that's what it's all about. Receiving the love that God pours out for us that started on the cross and continues every single day. So before we do communion, I just want to I just want to allow some space. If that's you this morning, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And said, "Here I am, God. Come into my heart. I receive you as my savior. I don't want to live in shame and guilt anymore. You don't want that shame anymore. You don't want that guilt anymore. All you have to say right now is, "Lord, I believe." Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. So I have to say is, "I believe." Lord, come into my heart.
Amen. Let's stand up. Here's what I want us to do this morning. Again, we're, we're in celebration mode. Everyone got their bread out? All right, I want you to lift it high in the air. All right? This is what we stand on right here. This is why we know that Isaiah 54 is true. Not because we wish it to be true, but because Jesus died on the cross. And so here it is. Here is our hope right here. Here is the truth right here. And as you're holding on to it this morning and you're lifting it high, some of you, this is a profession of our faith and this is us letting go of all the shame and all the guilt and all the worry of whatever you've been walking through. We're saying, God, here, I'm laying those things down and I'm remembering what you did for me. I'm holding the bread. Here it is, God. It's about you. It's about you. So, Father, thank you, Jesus, for what you did on the cross that we are not to walk in guilt and shame anymore, that it's not about who we were. Father, I pray that we would forget who we were as our youth, God, those hurts and those, those regrets that we might have, and we would let them go in Jesus' name, and we would receive the words that you say over us, God, that you are for us, and that we would rejoice, and that we would sing, and that we would cry aloud, because you have set us free from all those things, Father. God, we remember your body that was broken, that you came to this earth and you lived a perfect life and you said, I will get on that cross and I will have my, my flesh literally ripped off of my body and I will have nails driven through my arms and through my legs and I will suffocate for you because you are mine. And God, as our husband, as our protector, thank you that we can take this bread and we can hold it up to the heavens and say we believe and we receive what you've spoken over us. Thank you, God. Let's take the bread. Let's take the cup. Father, we thank you for your blood that was shed. blood that covers the little things we do or we, that we see as little at least but the big things as well Father the things and the regrets that we have from a person that we weren't that we aren't anymore we're not those people anymore God yet we still hold on to those things God your blood covers those things as well it covers the hurt and the shame God I thank you Jesus that your blood cleanses us and makes us new it's your blood, Father, that was poured out for us, our sacrificial lamb. You took our place, God. You took our place, and with that, you're saying, don't be ashamed. Don't walk in guilt. You're a new creation. You are mine. Thank you that your blood covers all of it. There are no exceptions. We love you, Lord, and we take this cup, remembering what you did for us, and that we no longer need to live in that shame and hold on to those regrets. God, I pray right now that you would set, set all of us free. In Jesus' name, let's take the cup. Thank you, Jesus. Let's continue to celebrate this morning as we close in worship. Hallelujah.